Hello, everybody. It's finals time and it's time for the LJ and Redders AFL podcast. Without any further ado, it's journalist and sports broadcaster, Lucas James Holmes, sitting at home in his Collingwood uh, jumper today. Hello, great man. How are you? Afternoon, David. Afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, finals time is here. Had the opening round of the AFLW last week as well. So no breaking football. So plenty to go through with you. Okay. Um, this will be the Lucas Holmes show today. Uh, we're going to go, we'll certainly talk football. But the first thing we're going to talk about is news off the park and what's been making news in the AFL in the last little bit. Lucas, I know you've got quite a few things to talk about. Uh, let's go to our listeners now. Yeah, so plenty of plenty uh, to go through, David. Before we get to things on the field, I'll start firstly with some AFLW news. We were contemplating this at the time. Uh, we saw that Montana Ham limped off with an injury, a knee injury in that uh, opening Sydney Swans uh, AFLW fixture of their of their club's history against St Kilda at North Sydney Oval last Saturday night. Uh, that injury report's been released, David, and Montana Ham luckily has been has avoided an ACL injury and looks like just to be sidelined for three to four weeks of the season uh, with a knee joint strain. That so that's outstanding news for the Sydney Swans AFLW program losing their number one draft pick uh, just for th- about three about a month of the season. What was that injury again? I've never heard that one. What's it called? It was on the, this is straight from the uh, AFL women's uh, website. It is a knee joint strain. Okay. Yeah, that look, you know what? As knee injuries go, three to four weeks, Lucas actually thought this, was talking about this on coverage on, on the AFL Sydney last week. And luckily, and Lucas has again proved to be a bit of a guru. He's got it right. So Montana Ham will miss about a third of the season. But it's a hell of a lot better than the West Coast Kelly Gibson, who's gone for the season, Louis. Yeah, and another ACL injury too, uh, the way of, I believe, of Brisbane as well. So definitely one from West Coast and one and one potentially to Brisbane as well. So losing some big guns there, both West Coast who, who need to improve in their last uh, couple of seasons of performances, still being a new, uh, new side into the competition. But Brisbane well and truly being one of the powerhouses for the opening few seasons. Indeed. Um, where do you want to go to next, my dear friend? I will. I shall go to. I'll go. I shall go to Princess Park, David. Um, with clubs that that have missed the finals, have started to make some list changes, which is which is always the case going into drafts and things like that. But an interesting one for me was looking at Carlton, David, and they've actually released Jack Nunes of his contract. Um, he's played fifty-two games since arriving at um, Princess Park in three seasons, David, and he reached his um, 200 game of his career milestone in round 15 this season. So quite an quite an experienced player to move from that list for Carlton, for Jack Nunes, also delisting Oscar McDonald, who played some time at Melbourne throughout his career on Luke Parks as well. So big one there for Carlton, um, losing Jack Nunes and McDonald's a bit of a utility, um, much like his brother, but um, a big loss there for Carlton going forward. Couple of big um, and very important midfields miss, missing from the uh, final at Optus Stadium in 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 Libra and um, Jewel Brown I met us in that five. There, there is David. The, these came down. Uh, the uh, Liberatore uh, announcement came down today, and and Fife, uh later later yesterday afternoon. But we'll go a bit more into a, re- a preview shortly. But two yep. big midfielders down. Um, this is a little bit of a recurrence for Fife, who was battling back from a hamstring injury. Uh, later in their regular season, but and for Liberatore and for the Western Bulldogs, that's a big bull from their midfield, a contested ball beast, as he, as he's known to be around the league. So big loss for both clubs, 
but for me, more for the Western Bulldogs because Fife's missed quite a lot of football over the recent years. Fair point. Where else would you like to go in news before we start looking, drilling down onto what will be a fascinating round one of finals? I will do very, very quickly, Dave, and it's to do with that jumper I've got on at the moment for the first time in their history. Um, and they announced during the week that Collingwood Football Club have actually surpassed 100,000 members um, for the first time in the history of that club. So that's huge um, with um, a number of programs going too. You've got your AFL program, your AFLW program, both VFL, VFLW, and their super, and, and their super netball program as well. So a very diverse club now, as most as all clubs have to be at the moment, obviously, and, with and, now and, all... And if I can interject there... Yeah, it, it sends a message to other people. I've I've spoken about this on air with you in coverage and on here in being very serious about. I, I jive about you with Collingwood, but that's part of the course. <clears throat> but when I talk serious about Collingwood, they're a serious player in the Australian community. They are by far the best supported football club in Australia. West Coast, Adelaide, Essendon have got very good memberships as well. Adelaide's membership it it it, it overarches over the the actual. Uh, capacity at the Adelaide Oval. But Collingwood's membership is so big and it goes to show how how big a club they are. And when you compare some of the memberships of NRL clubs to Collingwood, you sit there and shake your head. Even if you went, I reckon if you went and got North Melbourne, North Melbourne's membership and had a look at it, um, Collingwood have just a major player. Now, the former president's got a lot to do with that, to be honest. Okay, and Pete, he, he gets derided a lot. And even in people within my family, they haven't got much time for the former president. I say, hang on a second. He saved that club. When, when you were born, Lucas Holmes, Collingwood were an absolute mess. And now 100,000 members, don't get me started about the fact that pets can be members, but that's another matter. But 100,000 members is a phenomenal performance. It really is. So just as an example, there is now no stadium in Australia that can hold all of the Collingwood fans at the one time, unless they it, come onto the ground. It is, David. And just looking quickly, um, North Melbourne's uh, most cu- most current membership numbers is around that 48 to 49,000 mark, which for for what we for what you would term a smaller Victorian club, much like that rugby league where there are a number of clubs in Sydney where the where the game originated from. It's the same with Victoria for Australian rules, obviously. For so for a smaller um Victorian club, forty eight thousand is still a fair mark. And particularly with uh, the I, things in the last couple of weeks, I think it's only going to soar from there. I'm a bit surprised at that to be honest. So there you go, I've been proven wrong yet again. But no, the hundred thousand for Collingwood is a superb performance. And knowing the people as I do, people like yourself who uh, are a Collingwood fan that's got it, understands the legacy and the and the depth of Collingwood. And my dear friend Frank Weymouth up there in Orange, they'll keep going. They won't be satisfied with a hundred thousand people. Okay, it's as simple as that. So, and this is why um, Collingwood play so many games at the MCG because Collingwood, when Collingwood comes down, everybody makes money. It's a bit like Floyd Mayweather. Whenever Floyd Mayweather was in a boxing ring, people made money. When Collingwood comes down, this is why I keep suggesting, and I've been talking to you about this for months, that if Collingwood plays Sydney somehow, which I don't think can happen now in the AFL finals, I'm not quite sure. Um, if they manage to, I would suggest to you that the AFL would have an inquiry in place for Stadium Australia because Sydney and Collingwood would not be able to be uh, held at the SCG on pure numbers. Yeah, and that too, David, you see that with um, fixtures now being permanent um, in the past, particularly the one that, 
springs to my mind uh, in the last few years is that it was when Collingwood played the Brisbane Lions. It's now, it's not really traditional, but they always earmark the Easter Thursday. They always yeah. play the Brisbane Lions at the Gabba in sort of that twilight slot. So that shows how much pull they have um, around the country. And this is with a neutral cap on. And especially with the last couple of years, for the AFL specifically, I'm just trying to make some of that, uh, some income off the, off the mountains they lost the last couple of years. It's crucial for them um, to keep the game steady, as I said, with the amount of money lost in the last two or three years, especially. Well, yes. Um, the, the other thing is this, is that there's no football club in Australia, except Collingwood, that could stop Port Adelaide wearing the prison bar jumper. None. If it was any other club in Australia, Port Adelaide would have run ramshot over them. But you do, you have to go to South Australia to understand it. South Australians who are listening to this know exactly what I'm talking about. Port Adelaide are a monster, okay? They always have been. And they're calling one of the only team that could stop them. It's just a little little bit of trivia, but I believe that I, I believe that in my mind quite firmly. Um, before we head off to, to, to our finals, Louis, anything else you wanted to discuss, sir? Uh, that's about it for me now. I've got some things for later on. Um, just as they, I'll, I'll go into depth later on, but just as they, before they announced the All-Australian squad last week, they also released the 22-under-22 um, 22 22 team, which we uh, spoke about in short a few weeks ago, but I'll go into depth about that later on. Not a problem. Sounds great. So, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, uh, thank you, Louis, for all, Louis, for all of that, that, that news, mate. Appreciate it. In order, the finals. Thursday night football, 7.20th for Wallen Gabba in inner city Brisbane. It's Brisbane hosting Richmond. Friday night football, 7.50pm. What a game. This is Melbourne versus Sydney, the triple MCG. That's at 7.50pm. On Saturday afternoon, at the request of the Geelong Football Club minor premiers, at twilight, 4.35 Geelong and Collingwood, followed immediately at 810 that is Australian Eastern Daylight Standard Time, everybody. 6.10 Perth time to anybody listening in Western Australia. It's from Andal on the Western Bulldogs at the magnificent Optus Stadium in Perth. And the games at the Gabra and Fremantle <coughs> will be the last games played in those states this year uh, in the AFL. Sydney will get... All, most of the other finals will be in Melbourne and Sydney will get one final in Sydney. Okay. Um, the betting lines here. Brisbane, Richmond are favoured. To, to beat uh, Brisbane, Melbourne are favoured to beat Sydney, Geelong are firm favourites to beat Collingwood, and the Fremantle Dockers are firm favourites to beat the Western Bulldogs. Lucas, first of all, with a bit of a summary and your tip first, please. Brisbane and Richmond at the Wollongabba tomorrow night. We'll do. There's been some big news on that front in a minute, but I'll go firstly um, to their regular season matchup, David, which occurred in round 20. Of course, that thriller at the MCG a few weeks ago now, Richmond ran down the Brisbane Lions in that fourth quarter with an outstanding 15-14-104 uh, to 14-13-97 win in round 20, as I said there. But some news the last couple of days too, and this is going to sway my tip to where we spoke about it last week. Um, a key utility there, Marcus Adams, who usually plays off half-back, has been ruled out for the rest of the season, day with on ongoing concussion symptoms, um, lingering concussion. So that's big. Um, for Brisbane there, considering you've got both Jack Revolt and Tom Lynch going forward there, and also Noah Cumberland is sort of that utility type of player as well. So some plenty of... Ad Adams must be in a bad way. He's out for the entire final series. Now, I, if that's an indication of how seriously the Brisbane Lions are taking concussion in the Australian Football League, 
it shows me that they are actually putting the this particular player's interests at heart. To miss a month of football when you're paid six or seven hundred thousand dollars to be out there is indicative that he's in a very it didn't look good. I've seen the coverage. He got smashed, Louis. He got yeah. belted. He was he was one of Brisbane's key free agency acquisitions from the Western Bulldogs a couple of years ago a couple of years ago now, David. So that's a big one for me on the field as well. All eyes will be on Dane Zorko after the incident a couple of weeks ago. Um, Sereni himself and Harrison Petty that played out in a fairly public space. Uh, it's been good that we haven't had any sort of outcome in the public space the last couple of weeks. They'll try and shy away probably from that until after the game. So all eyes will be on uh, Dane Zorko and how he handles himself. I know Dane Beams, former uh, Brisbane captain, uh, went pretty hard at him on social media in the last week or so as well. But to the game itself, it's going to be big. Some key matchups all around the ground. Um, who does Harris Andrew go? I think you'd go Lynch as that sort of one out in the gut. Richmond will try and isolate him one out in the goal square. Um, Daniel Rich will be instrumental off halfback uh, for Brisbane. Um, as I spoke about the Richmond forward line there, and let's see how Dustin Martin goes if he does return, which you'd expect he would in an elim- elimination final sense. And so too, Liam Baker who's been vastly important for them this year and has just re-signed in the last couple of weeks. He looked like he could get head to Western Australia if free agency, um, if he went to free agency, David, he's, I believe he's re-signed with Richmond in the last couple of weeks. All in saying that, I'm going Richmond in this one, David. I think they'll ultimately prove, prove too strong. Both these sides have had vast finals experience the last couple of years, but it's only been Richmond who's been able to stand up in those scenarios. Richmond, for me, David, by four goals. At Richmond by 20 points. I can't see Brisbane beating them. It's as simple as that. I just don't think Brisbane are good enough. I think they've got their on a downward trend. Richmond are, Richmond are the most dangerous team outside the top four. No one in the top. Who, If Richmond win, no one who's in the top four will want to play them. Absolutely no one. It's as simple and as that. that. And, and, this, and this game, David, the loser of that Melbourne-Sydney game will play the winner. Of this Richmond Brisbane too, so that's how the that's how the uh, ongoing fixture falls at the moment. Uh, yeah, Richmond by twenty points, clear winners yep. for me. Brisbane aren't good enough. Adams hurts their structure. Neil's got to get forty touches. Rich has got to be dominant. It's just there's so many things that have got to go right. Uh, yes, it's in Brisbane, but Richmond are a very very good football side, very experienced, and um, uh, I'm not sure that they can manage, ma- match up with them. Brisbane, uh, Richmond by twenty for me, Louis. I have it up Melbourne and Sydney, Friday night, 7.50. Yep. So they're also their fixture during the season, David. Um, Sydney also had a, do- I wouldn't say dominant performance, but it was an inspiring, inspiring performance for me. Round 12, I believe you and I were at Wagner doing that. St. George uh, in a West game and that and this game fell in the evening. Uh, Melbourne at the MCG fell to Sydney 9.761 to Sydney's 10.13.73, as I said there at the MCG. Um, and it'll only be harder for Sydney on this occasion too, David. Um, Peter Laddams copped a, a, a fairly substantial ban after a hit in, in the VFL that occurred over the boundary line. So, And also with Callum Sinclair announcing his, his retirement as well. They'll be short a big man for me. I think that, that'll make them, that'll struggle for them. Yes, they've got some solid ruck, but their depth, that might mean Sam Reid may have to ruck a little bit more than they'd like. Um, so that midfield that's dominated for Melbourne the last couple of years, Gorn, Oliver, Petrarca, Viney's been sold this year as well, the former skipper. So that's going to be really important for me. And the, and the Demons' back line too, they can match up with the, with the Swans' forwards quite handily, I, I believe. 
Maida Franklin is a bit is a big one. Christian Salem's been cleared. Um, unfortunately for James Jordan, he's he's undergone surgery on a foot injury. So no Jordan, but Salem's been cleared for me. He's been one of their more underrated players the last couple of years. So so in summary, David Melbourne for me at the MCG at home, they play that ground so well. Melbourne by 16 points for me. Melbourne by 14 for me. I don't the, the fact that Laddins is out means that the the, the Swans are going to got to put up with Max and um, Max, Max Oliver and Petrarca and Brayshaw. If you throw them in there, they are a very different uh, quadrilla, very difficult quadrilla to cope with. Sydney's a very good football side, and I do think that they're going to make the preliminary final. Out, they've got to play Richmond. They're up against it, but no, Melbourne in Melbourne. Afraid to say this for the Swans fans. The Swans have been very, very good. But Melbourne just got themselves right at the end of the season. And they're looking to go back-to-back. They have a very, very good football club there. And a very deep list. Melbourne by um, uh, 14 points for me. Okay, so Lucas and I are the same there. This next one's a real challenge to call. Um, You've got so much going on here. Geelong and Collingwood, 4.35 on Saturday afternoon. Geelong clear favourites. Minor premiers. Collingwood riding this amazing ride of emotion and that their, their ability to win close games has been repeated and repeated. The For me, this comes down to two players. Can Collingwood match up on Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron? And I don't think they can. I just think they're a tall back short, and that's why I'm picking Geelong. Yeah, that's been my theme all year, David. And for those listening, for me, for me, that's been my theme. Once, once Collingwood and, and Jordan Jordan Roughhead retired, they've all they've, for me they've been that key defender short. Yes, Moore and Howard taller players, and I've said all year they're more intercepting third players at the top. And their draftee from last season, Charlie Dean's been injured all season, which has been unlucky for him. So that's really been my theme. I think that'll ultimately be their undoing. Yes, they've got some good experienced players. Um, Sidebottom and Pendlebury are the, are the only two players left on their list that were victorious in 2010 and also lost to that lost to Geelong in the 2011 flag as well. So they're the only two um, players remaining. Jack Crisp has been superb this year. Um, Jamie Elliott, also uh, a fortnight ago, he's been clutch. At, he's been very clutch, as, as, to put, as just to put a term on it there. But Geelong two finals experience. They haven't been able to live up to it the last couple of years. I'm um, being defeated by Richmond in that 2020 grand final of the Gabba, but they've got so many big experienced players. Um, Cam Guthrie copped a stinger to his shoulder. They confirmed he was ready to play. Jeremy Cameron was actually under an injury, injury cloud the last couple of weeks with a hamstring. They were pretty upfront and saying that he should be right to go. Um, speaking of injuries, Taylor Adams looks like he may return from a groin injury. That'll add some toughness around the football for Collingwood to really um, try and even those numbers in the contested football and the clearances where they've been absolutely blasted in terms of numbers by Sydney and by Carlton the last couple of weeks. That's where they've really struggled, and especially against Sydney when Jordan DeCowie didn't play. But as you said there, that's going to be Geelong's key forwards be Collingwood's key backs, and I just can't quite see um, Collingwood, especially if Geelong go with their quick ball movement, which they've been doing the last couple of weeks. I don't think Collingwood will be able to hang around. Uh, Geelong, for me, David, by 26 points. Geelong by 18 points for me. And in the game of the round that I'm the most confident about, I don't think that... I think Fremantle should be winning by four or five goals over there. The Bulldogs snuck in. They've been a bit up and down this year. 
Fremantle have had their own challenges. I'm just going back to that game where I actually did watch quite a bit of Frio and, and the Bulldogs a few weeks ago at Marvel where Frio... And the, the reason I'm, I think Frio is a good football side is they've won Eastside this year on a reasonably regular basis. Um, I think they'll win, and I think I'm actually going to tip them by 28 points. I, I think the Bulldogs are up against it. Liver being out doesn't help. Fife, they're used to Fife not being there. Um, Monday for a 37-year-old is playing amazing football, and I just think that Fremantle are a bit too good for the dogs, particularly at Optus. Yeah, I think I think going into this game, this is probably the most straightforward one to tip, David. I'm with you there. I'll go Fremantle as well. But it's still going to be a very good contest. Um, we spoke about those injuries before, and we both sort of agree there that uh, Liberatore out is probably a bigger loss than Fife, as we spoke about. Fife missing a fair bit of football the last couple of years. But it's still going to be a very good contest. Frio at home. Uh, Luke Ryan's been solid this year. Jordan Clark after that trade from Geelong last off-season, has been solid as well in defence for Fremantle. Um, Josh Dunkley for the uh, for the Western Bulldogs has been in some fierce trade talks the last couple of weeks um, with with um, Port Adelaide and most recently Brisbane rearing their head as a possible trade situation, according to Sam Edmund and some other football journalists out there. So that's one to watch for going into the, into the off-season. Will Brody has been probably the... Was, Arguably, the pickup of the last free agency and period David was was dumped by the Gold Coast as a as a as a salary casualty. He's been superb for, for Fremantle this year. He he'll keep on keeping on. The ruck battle will be interesting too. Tim English for Sean Darcy, two very accomplished young ruckmen in their own right. But Fremantle at home, I just think they'll be a little bit too strong. David Fremantle for me by twenty two points. Um, I think that we're on uh, pretty much on the same path this weekend. Now, you, I think you've got bracketology done. So this, this is the way I view it, is that Mel, if, if we're right, it'll be Sydney hosting Richmond. Yep. And Collingwood hosting Frio. Yep. With Melbourne and Geelong having a week off. Did I read that right? Yes, I've got that and in front of me as Sydney, well, and that is confirmed, Sydney, yes. Sydney and Richmond would go into Geelong's bracketology. And yeah, that's Andal where it would switch. That's where it would switch over. Correct. Yeah. And and from Andal and Collingwood would go to Melbourne's bracketology. Okay. So again, if, if if the games go as so, Lucas and I are on Richmond, Melbourne, Geelong, and Frio. If the games go that way, it will be Richmond away to Sydney, presumably on a Friday night. And Collingwood and Frio. That game may be Saturday afternoon. Is the way I'd. I'd but we'll have to wait and watch this space. But Sydney and Richmond, holy cow. Um, just the, the mere thought of a Melbourne-Collingwood preliminary final is just, oh, go. Anyway, um, that's the games this weekend. Louis, anything, um, we've got AFL, anything further in the AFL before we quick look at AFL Sydney? Because uh, we've we'll, got a massive weekend this weekend. We sure do. We'll go to AFL Sydney whilst I'm trying to get this uh, 22 under 22 sorted, but we'll go to AFL Sydney first. Yes, so the the game on KO this weekend is the men's preliminary final, North Shore and St George. We saw two superb finals, and if you go across a ladder on the AFL uh, Sydney podcast between with uh, featuring Sam Zickman will be on probably later on tonight or tomorrow. We spoke in depth about these games, but that's the Premier Division game. It's a ten past one on Saturday at Henson Park. It should be a thriller. North Shore were great for three quarters and five minutes on, on Saturday, and St George was superb in upsetting Sydney Uni. This game could be anything, Lucas, and it's a day, and it'll be a pure daylight game. No dew coming down, but the weather 
is iffy. Wind and possible rain. It is. We've had a little bit of rain here in um, in Lake Macquarie the last hour and a half to two hours. And you were saying before off air that it started to rain on the central coast as well. So it looks like rain might be around for the next little while. Um, that'll be interesting to see what, what side that suits more. North Shore got a few bigger bodies. Um, one storyline to also watch out for is the potential return for uh, strike for, for St. George and Noah Casolini. He went off with a hamstring injury in that final round win over Pennant Hills. This will be the sort of the, th- this is right on the three to four week bracket uh, for Casolini return. It'll be the third week. Uh, so if Casolini comes back, that may shift the momentum a little bit in St. George's favour. And they've been riding a big wave the last couple of weeks, haven't they? Yes, they have. It'll be a huge, huge day out. And I think, I, I think that the weather is going to have a big part of it. If it's dry and reasonable, I think that North Shore's big forward line might cause St. George some problems. However, if it's not a clear, uh, dry day, if it's a bit wet or very windy, I think St. George's little men can do some serious damage. So watch this space. And Louis, you wanted to talk about the 22 under 22. I do. Um, I'm just still um, looking for it at the moment. But yeah, some, as we spoke about a few a few weeks ago, the squad of 40, had been had been reviewed uh, revealed, David, and I've got the uh, final uh, twenty two in front of me now. So I'll go through that line by line. Uh, the the back line: Hayden Young, Carlton uh, Carlton fullback, Sam DeConing, Geelong back pocket, Nick Blakey, Sydney halfback, Nick Dacos, Collingwood, Tom McCartan, Sydney, Jordan Clark, Fremantle. That's the halfback line. The centre line: Noah Anderson, Gold Coast, Andrew Brayshaw and captain of the side from Fremantle, Adam Chera, the other wing. Uh, Connor Rosie, half-forward flank, Port Adelaide. Centre-half forward, Aaron Norton, Western Bulldogs. The other half-forward flank, Jack Ginevan, Collingwood. The full-forward line, Keziah Pickett, Melbourne, Max King, St Kilda, Isaac Rankin, at least now of the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, the followers, Luke Jackson, also as of now, Melbourne, Sam Walsh. Carlton, Bailey Smith, the Western Bulldogs, and the interchange, fresh off a uh, inking and extension with the Sydney Swans, Chad Warner, also a, a, a very good young player, Caleb Sarong, Fremantle, Isaac oh, yeah. Quainall, Collingwood, and Caden Coleman of Brisbane. There's your 22, under 22 of the year 2022. Caleb Sarong's a serious talent. Louis, that's about all I've got for the moment. Was there anything else you wanted to discuss with our listeners before we uh, head off into the horizon on this lovely wet Wednesday afternoon? Uh, there's a little bit more, David, too. And it's, um, we've also got some AFL Sydney action on Sunday that'll be purely broadcast on the AFL Sydney Facebook page. We've got some divisional uh, women's grand finals to go through, which has now been moved to Henson Park, uh, much to your delight with your love affair with their stairs. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, divisional uh, women's division one, two, three, four grand finals all on Sunday at Henson Park. So a weekend of AFL Sydney football for you and I and going into the Moston feeling middle night on Monday night. It's a big week for all of us. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I don't think it's the right thing to make any tips for feeling a Moston middle night. I'll, I think we'll just stay out of that one. Yep. Look, best wishes to everybody. Uh, it's going to be a great night and it's great to see that night being run again. Louis, thank you so much for your time. I know you'll be have split, split personalities on Saturday afternoon late, particularly when Geelong and Collingwood are there. But uh, enjoy your footy this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday football, and look forward to working with you at Henson Park. We've got seven games to broadcast over 28 hours um, uh, on the weekend. So looking forward to that very much. Thanks for your time, Louis. 
Not a problem, David. See you on Saturday, my friend. Shall do. Everybody take care. Enjoy your footy everywhere. To our friends in the AFLHCC, a massive 1v2 final this week. Tialani Valentari Galavoka and Newcastle City playing Cardiff should be wicked football. From Lucas and David, it's bye for now.